Coming up next on the Jeff Crilly Show, you're going to meet a super entrepreneur. He's one of the few people on the planet successfully able to launch, grow, and sell an airline. But he says now is the most important chapter of his life. His incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, you've heard me talk about Success North Dallas many, many times in this show. A very successful networking organization has been around for 35 years. They've had some of the top speakers on the planet. And one of them was the gentleman who is joining me right now, uh, Nick Kennedy. He's an author, speaker, and coach, and really, truly one of my favorite speakers of all time. And I've heard some great ones. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot coming from well, you. <laughs> well, what I, you. what I loved about it is your honesty. I mean, you, you really went into the, the, the speech this morning with... Um, this spirit of abundance. Um, I did some things right. I did some things wrong, and I'm yeah. going to leave it all on the table. Yeah. Tell me more about you know the journey you're on now. You know, Jeff, um, the, the the what you saw this morning is just an amalgamation amalgamation of of other people that have come into my life and have shown me how to do it. And um, I've been blessed to have some really important people to to come in and say, Hey, man, um, this is working well. Keep doing this. This is not working so well. You better not do that because that's not going to work out so well for you. And um, one of the things that I learned was the importance of telling the truth. And, and, and telling the truth, um, you know, there's a sin of commission and the sin of omission, right? There's the, there's the I'm going to tell you the truth, but there's also I'm going to withhold things from you. And that's what we get. That's what I got really good at, which I'm going to withhold things from you that I don't think, you know, I don't sure. want you to know. And, and, and I was able to be a part of a community of people who I can tell the truth to, even the ugly stuff. And they uh, did not turn from me. They actually felt closer with me because some of the stuff they were connected with. And um, I was taught at the age of, at the time I was probably 38, 40 years old, um, I was taught for the first time how to live in a community of grace. And <clears throat> it has been my mission to create that same experience for other people who have been withholding because um, you know, when, when we withhold uh, truth, it eats us up from the inside. Yes. And, um, and, and, it, and it causes physical ailments, but it also is emotional and mental and spiritual and all those different things. So um, I feel like people have given me that opportunity and I have no choice but to honor them by, by following in their footsteps. Wow. It was so powerful. We're going to pull up your website. And as we scroll down the website, I want to talk about your, your coaching and speaking business. Uh, what kind of groups are you speaking to these days? You know, anybody who's interested in entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship is uh, what I believe is the catalyst for the human condition that we're in now in the best possible way. I mean, it's, it's, it's increased literacy rates. It's lowered into death. It has provided uh, capital that we've never seen before in our life. That's what entrepreneurship does. It's a, it's, a, it's a French word. It means the bearer of risk. 
So I love coming alongside people who are taking on the risk and all the things that come along with that that, that cause them to, to become introspective and question, are they doing the right thing? Are they not doing the wrong thing or not doing the right thing? And, and, and help them make these hard decisions that are, are seemingly opaque and lost in the fog. We come together and, and we take the randomness and we move to clarity so that it's not only um, something that they can, a right decision for today, it's a right decision that builds a legacy for them. Yes. I want to talk about your very successful airline. We're going to pull up some pictures. And if you put in Nick Kennedy, uh, Rise Airline, you see it all over the Internet. Uh, <laughs> so that's you in front of one of your jets. And, and one of the things that touched my heart this morning is that you said uh, to the, the room you had an addiction. It wasn't to drugs or alcohol. It was to ego. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, pride is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, I, I came from a, a background of a of, of, um, uh, broken family, uh, father in prison, a lot of different things uh, around that that caused me to want to prove to the world that I was worth something. And I was going to take massive risks and I was going to put everything I had on the table to make that work. Uh, it made me a good entrepreneur, quite frankly, but it made me a pretty poor husband and a pretty poor friend. and. Um, and there were some incongruences in my life. And so, um, you know, the, the pride aspect of it was something I had, to, I had to understand and I had to have some people stand up to me. I'm a strong guy. I'm, sure. I don't back down from much. And I needed other strong people to metaphorically punch me in the nose to wake me up a little bit. Yes. Well, one of the big takeaways this morning is the game that most people play, which is big house, big car, big yacht. That game, you can't win it. There's always somebody who has a bigger yacht. Yeah. And, and so um, what are some of the life lessons that you're passing on to, you speak to everybody from billionaires to prisoners. Yeah. Uh, what are you telling them about the, you know, what game are you playing? Yeah. Uh, my mentor, my first mentor, uh, who became a father figure for me, was a gentleman named Calvin Howe, who has since passed away. And he gave me this gift that I think is probably the most valuable gift I've ever received. He said in college, he told me, Nick, uh, you should pick a number and make it a big number. Uh, and once you reach that number, give everything else away. And, and I picked a big number for my time. It's still a big number today, but in college, it was an astronomical number. And it gave my wife and I the gift of going, hey, this is enough. And uh, I have friends who are billionaires that when you ask them, you know, 16 billion enough, they're like, no, nah, we need another billion. And, 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 uh, and that gift he gave me, which was like, just set your, own, set your own boundaries, is an incredible gift that I don't think many entrepreneurs have because there are very few really healthy entrepreneurs. <laughs> like in order to go do something that you hasn't been done before, there's usually something inside of you that says you've got to take that risk and that becomes a, that becomes a, a big issue. So I think that's one of the biggest gifts I've received, which is, hey, once you get there, give it away. Okay, I want to talk about your best-selling book, The Good Entrepreneur, and explain the title. Yeah, so, um, man, it's, an, it's, it's, it's the good, the bad, the ugly about building a business, and most of it's ugly. I mean, building a business has seen the sausage made, and I like that title around how we scratched out perfect because I thought that was the goal, was to create a perfect business. And then instead I, I replaced it with principled because uh, the book is, is 13 chapters, but there's 12 principles in there. And I do not think you can be a good entrepreneur and good means not necessarily successful, it's successful, but so much more, it means virtuous. It means, uh, yes, make a ton of money, make a huge amount of money, go have the cars and the yachts and the planes, 
recognize that there's a responsibility you have that's, in my opinion, and I doc document this book, is 80,000 years in the past when entrepreneurship started. The hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of generations have come along that given you the opportunity in 2023 to be an entrepreneur. So your responsibility as an entrepreneur is not to just take everything you can and tell everybody else to stuff it. Your responsibility is to understand and honor what's been given to you. Make it a little bit better and make sure the next generation has a little bit better version. There were, That's what the book's about. There were so many nuggets this morning and I was, I was just taking pictures because you had a slide presentation. One of the most powerful uh, exercises you had us do is kind of mentally start to write our own obituary. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. It's incredible. I have a, a friend of mine, is a guy named Don Miller, who is, wrote the best-selling books, the Business Made Simple books, and he put that in one of his books, and our books were coming out at the same time, and I saw I get an early copy, and I texted him, I said, hey man, I didn't copy you. And he goes, no, we didn't copy, I didn't copy you either. We copied um, um, seven, highlights, seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, yes. Stephen um, Covey, yeah. who I'm sure copied someone else. And I've sensed when I wrote that in the book and said, hey, go do that, I review that in the morning, I review my obituary, and I go, hey, am I, am I living this or am I not living this? Or do I need to adjust my obituary based upon new things? There was a book that came out recently called The Comfort Crisis, and he traveled, the author traveled to Bhutan, which is the second most happy country in the world. And they practiced, the Buddhist country, they practiced three days a, a, a week, this practice called Muktapka, or three days a, a day, three times a day, excuse me. And that practice is meditating on your death. Wow. And the belief is, if I think about, am I doing the thing, I, if this is my last day on this earth, am I doing what I'd want to be doing? And of course that can go into hedonistic things as well, but it really gives you this focus of like, yeah. should I have a different conversation in this, this relationship? And, it, and, and it's incredibly important to me because like when Adam Smith wrote about the invisible hand, I'm not going to take advantage of you because you'll hold me accountable. We lived in villages where the average village size was 150 people. So if I'm the butcher and you buy a pound of meat and you get home and found it at three quarters pound, guess what? When, when, when I need you for a blacksmith, we're going to have words. Right. That's the invisible hand and the internet makes it available so people can, can, can cheat people. Now, you're, so we got to hold each other to standards. When you were uh, building the airline, you, t you told the audience this morning that was, you were all consumed with it. Uh, where you have two lovely kids. Um, were they young? Do they remember the airline? Yeah, I have three, I have three kids and they three do. Kids. They do remember the, the airline. Um, my oldest son uh, somewhat jokingly laughs. My wife and I have been married for 25 years at the time, 18. And he, he always, he jokes, and this is kind of a dark joke, but he's hilarious. He said, I was this close to having two Christmases, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh about that in our family because that's what they remember. They remember like the stress around that, right? They remember mom and dad fighting. They remember those type of things. And one of the things we've tried to do as a parent is just be very open and honest with our kids and let them see us fighting. So they do remember it, yeah. but they don't look at it. Well, there was one moment when you came close to tearing up this morning, and it really touched my heart because I, I get to work with my kids. Yeah. Uh, you, you tell everybody what you said. Yeah, so I have this, this, this giant hole in my heart for, for my father. You know, the, 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 the father has two jobs. Protect, provide for your, your kids, and, and provide them a blessing to go out and, and to find out who they are. That's the two jobs of the father. And I had several people come up and say, my dad, you know, this and that, and it's, but it's okay, it's fine. It's not okay. Like, that's your one job, and you've abdicated that as a father. So don't have kids if you can't do that. And I just was with my son in college. He was a freshman. And as I was dropping him off to go back to the airport, he looked at me and said, dad, you're good, dad. And there was this moment of just, I just, it was an hour and a half drive to the airport. And I just had this like, this joy overwhelming in my heart of like, okay, okay. I've broken a generational curse. I've created a new cycle. He will have issues he has to deal with. 
they're not going to be the same issues I've had to deal with. Mm. And, um, and I'm in, of all the things I've, I've, I've been part of, that's, 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 that's way up there. Let's go a little deeper on your dad. Your dad uh, was in prison. Yeah. 18 and a half years he served. And you remember as a, uh, how old were you when? Uh, he went in when I was 16. Okay. So I grew up in this, this upper middle class world that uh, not really much of a care in the world. And, uh, and, and then this happened. He was, it was, uh, and, and man, my world just shifted dramatically. And I went from not worrying about anything to helping my mom pay rent. So I've got an older brother who's got some, who's mentally um, disabled and kind of taking care of them. And I had to grow up real quick. I went from 16 with no, you know, no care in the world to multiple jobs and figuring things out. And um, uh, it was a, it was an acceleration of my maturation process. Sure. And by the grace of God, I got a baseball scholarship to go from San Diego, California, where I was living to Harding University in Arkansas. Uh, and I landed in Arkansas in August. It was 182 degrees, and and I and, and I had come from San Diego, and I was like, "Where am I? What's going on?" Right, right. But it was it was it was it was God's grace to say, "I'm going to get you out of the situation." And six months later, I met my wife. Wow. Yeah. And the was the drive to build the airline and and your entrepreneurial career driven by I don't want to uh, end up like my dad, or what was? Well, uh, I mean, kind, kind of finding this, the, the way the, the, making it successful was, but the, uh, the, the actual issue was I had traveled 2 million miles on American airlines building two other companies prior to this. Wow. One of which was funded by and ultimately, uh, acquired by a billionaire who had a private jet. So I'm schlepping around on American airlines and I don't care how many times you upgrade me to first class. Right. Uh, I just, I'm done. I'm traveling all the time. And I got to experience a a private jet, and I was like, it wasn't 10% better, it was 10 times better. It was incredible. You know, there's a joke in the airline industry, in the private airline industry, uh, uh, private planes are like crack cocaine, the only, the only difference is you have a shot of quitting crack cocaine. Like, once you fly on a, <laughs> on a private jet, you're done. Like, don't do it if you don't, can't do it regularly, it's not worth it. And so, um, I, I, the planes are not any faster, it's the whole experience to get on the plane. Yes. And get off the plane, and what I wanted was, to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted to build businesses, but I wanted to be a good dad and mm -hmm. I wanted to be a good husband. And I couldn't do both Yes. because I was leaving on Sunday night. I was coming back on Thursday night and I was gone. And I had the idea of like, oh, a private plane fixes this. So I looked at buying a private plane and that's a really dumb thing to do. And then I realized like, whoa, there's thousands of them of people like me. I saw them every week on the plane, just soul sucked out of their body because of the TSA and all the other right. things. And I had this hunch and I was like, I think this might work. And we launched it and it just, it went like hotcakes. And it was this idea. And, and it turns out my problem, that's what great entrepreneurs do. They fix people's problems. Yes. And it was my problem. And I happened to launch it in Texas just because I lived here. And it turns out it was the first or second biggest market for what we were doing, these private planes flying around Texas. And um, that's why it started. Because I was like, I'm not getting an American Airlines plane. I'm going to get on my own private plane and I'm going to get my friends to come around me and do it with me. Well, if you're like me, you could listen to Nick all day long and, and in a way you can. He has a very popular podcast and he's a guest on a lot of podcasts. I found one clip. Let's go ahead and share that. And in that process, uh, I started telling my story to other buddies who most of whom were entrepreneurs. I would say, Hey, I'm really dealing, you know, let me tell you what I'm dealing with. These other CEOs would look at me, nine out of 10 would look over their shoulder and kind of like, you too? And I realized we were all dealing with it in our own way. We were all separately suffering. What I know about human beings now is that when you can um, tell the truth in a safe setting with a safe person, you can get it out of your mind and out into the ether, and then the healing can begin.
But it's really, really, really scary to do that. And to say the things that you, you've been saying in your head that you don't know how to get it out and to trust somebody that they're not going to run off and tell somebody else. What I thought was just me doing my own process has turned into a, my, my second career and, and it's a vocation. And it's one, quite frankly, Jason, I think I'll be doing it for the rest of my life. I don't think I've ever met anybody as successful as you with the humility that you've learned. Especially, like I, you describe yourself as being full of yourself a, a few years ago, and I, I mean that that guy is gone. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I teach you when you go through a recovery program, uh, a twelve-step program, uh, is that you actually aren't, um, you know, when when, when an, and I'm not an alcoholic, but when an alcoholic says they're an alcoholic, they don't say I used to be an alcoholic. They say I'm an alcoholic in recovery for X amount of years. Mm. So that guy is gone because I have a daily practice and a mantra and a community around me, but that guy is still there. Yes. Right. And, and, and I'm not, and, and this is the, one of the things I had to learn is that I'm not fixed and that's not the point. Right. The point is to be 1% better tomorrow. And, um, and I have my moments, I have my moments where I get triggered and there's something that comes up from my past and someone says something and my kingdom is, is challenged and I immediately, the guard goes up and my, 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 my child, my inner child says, Oh, not safe, protect yourself. And I'm getting better at not doing that. And my wife and I have, we, we fight really well now, but it's taken several years to process the idea of, uh, one of the, one of the tools, I'm going to give you two tools to take away. One is when you're in a fight with someone or you're frustrated with someone, start with this phrase, the story I'm telling myself in my head is X. Because the amount of times I've said to my wife or a friend, hey, this is a story I'm telling myself. Uh, if I do that 100 times, 99 out of 100 times, they say, ooh, that's not even close to what I, what I was trying to convey to you. And it just stops the whole cycle of like doubling down on it. So I, I'm learning that process and continuing to learn that process and teaching my clients, my, my coaching clients around that. The second thing I would just leave is, um, if you want to get really focused, nothing sharpens a man's mind like focusing on his death. And, uh, and, and that obituary we talked about earlier, like, like, don't just listen to this and go away, like write it down. The way we learn is we first think something and then to make it a little bit deeper, we, we speak it out loud, but to really ingrain it, we have to write it down. And, and one of the best gifts you can give yourself as a listener today, um, pick another obituary out of someone you like and, 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 and use it. But, but write your own and, you know, over the next couple of years, like adjust it, but, but use that. And when you wake up in the morning and go, Hey man, did yesterday align with that? How do I align today with that? And I just think that's the simplest hack. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I think that's the simplest hack to go. Yeah. I'm think I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. If I, if I can stay within these guardrails. So, uh, I appreciate the, the compliment and I take it with, 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 with humility. And I just go, Hey, I'm going to, today's good. Wow. Tomorrow I'll be there and I'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Nick, you're uh, so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom Thank with you. the world. And we're going to end with his website, which is nickkennedycoaching.com. The great Nick Kennedy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Chip. Appreciate it. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.